I have unanswered prayers. I have trouble I wish wasn't there. And I have asked a thousand ways that you would take my pain away. Hi, everyone. Just exhaling, right? That's a good song right there. My name is Elisa Keaton, and you are listening to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. You are listening to J.J. Heller as well. J.J. Heller is my uh, guest today. I did a Facebook Live interview with her, uh, and we have put, put it over here on the podcast for you. She is a songwriting artist. Unique, you guys. Just unique. And I'm passionate about her story. You're going to hear how God kind of called her out of nowhere. This is not what she expected to be doing in her life. It's a big, uh, a big dream, right? And then how do you navigate the waters of a big dream in a world, uh, especially something like in the Christian uh, music industry? And how do you do it and stay hopeful and stay uh, out of the trap of comparison, basically staying free in the creative process? So uh, I know this is going to speak to anyone, any of you, and I know who you guys are. If you're listening and doing this podcast, Revving the Word, you're interested, you've got a dream inside of you, and you are fighting to uh, keep it alive and live the life that Jesus says you can have, and it's unique to you. So this podcast will bless you. You're going to hear her testimony, uh, her story of how this happens, how God calls her out of nowhere. So I hope it blesses you. Be sure to share it with someone. Share this podcast. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. And uh, don't forget, you can also uh, follow me over, uh, follow Revelation Wellness. Follow Revelation Wellness on Instagram and Facebook. All the links are in the show notes. And if you want to see my daily musings over on, I'm, I'm mostly found on Instagram. So I love to hear your comments there. Tell me what you think, what you learned, what God's doing, and how... Uh, I can be in it with you. All right. Be blessed by this show. You're going to love it. And JJ does a little live performance for us at the end. Have fun. Peace. Hi, everyone. Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness, the author of The Wellness Revelation. Uh, We are trying a little, this is new for us, an interview process like this, where it's very grown up, very big time. But I wanted to, um, I wanted to do a face-to-face with the person that I'm going to be talking to today, before I introduce my very special guest, I wanted to give you a couple reminders as you're coming in that right now on the website, revelationwellness.org, you can go pick up your forgiveness training. This is a, a free little printable that outlines how to do forgiveness in your home, in your heart, because forgiveness is absolutely 100% connected to freedom. And because you know we're completely about freedom here, Um, We are very passionate about this. So be sure. Hi, as you're coming in. Hi, Angela. Hi, Kelly, Christine. Be sure to go to the website. Download. If you wonder, it's not the same as I'm sorry. So remember that. Like just to say I'm sorry. Forgiveness goes deeper. It's a beautiful way to show humility to another person and serve the gospel. And you can start in your own home today. So I know that this was something that when it was taught to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, do that again. Wait, what? What does that look like? So I mapped it out for you. It's a little three-page document, but you can put this up on your refrigerator and start practicing it at home. So there's that going on we wanted you to know about. And the second thing is not to forget that Rev on the Road in Franklin, Tennessee is happening on August 24th and 25th. And because that is just around the corner, I am introducing you to, wait, I think I have to go this way, to my friend, uh, JJ Heller, everyone. Hi, JJ. 
Hello. Isn't that fun? This is so fun. Okay, so JJ, you guys, if you don't know her, you need to go follow her now, jjheller.com. I'll put all the follow-up stuff um, that you can connect with her more on, but she is a song artist. That's what I would say. She's an artist in the form of song, uh, worship, and it's her own unique voice. JJ has been so true to herself, and I have been so blessed to watch her I think it's been since the last 10 years. Would you say, JJ? Yeah. So JJ and I met uh, locally. I was friends with her sister-in-law and we all just somehow grew together in a little local community, a wellness community here where we were doing Revelation Fitness. And um, we got to know each other. I didn't really know who she was generally at that time, but it was right about that time, JJ, that I think things shifted for you and um, uh, one song kind of broke out and onto the music scene and everything started to shift and move. And I just love your story. But first, I'm gonna let you tell your story. So why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself and then I want to kind of go back to, were you always thinking you were gonna be a song artist? No. <laughs> so um, my husband, Dave and I have been playing music now since we got married, which was 15 years ago. And we started out just uh, getting married and, and saying, okay, well, we'll try this for a year. And then if it totally bombs, we'll do something normal and get real jobs. Real jobs. And, yeah. And at the end of the year, it was very close. Like we were barely making enough money to pay our bills, but we still, we felt like the Lord was still asking us to move forward and we were getting just enough encouragement to keep going. And, and yeah, like I said, that was 15 years ago and um, never well, what did you do? What did you think you were going to do maybe when you, like, when you grew up? I kind of didn't know. I mean, when I was really little, I wanted to be like a chimpanzee trainer. <laughs> Just, you know, one of those wild kid dreams. Um, but something more, more tangible was uh, the dream that I had when I was a kid was to, was to grow up and play basketball and college. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Kind of my, my dream like timeline ended there. That was, that's what I had my sights set on. And I grew up in a very sports oriented family. And so I played basketball and softball and volleyball, but my favorite was basketball. So I practiced really hard. And I, by the end of my senior year of high school, I was voted the most valuable player of my whole league. Um, and so I got really good at shooting three pointers <laughs> and, um, and I was really excited because that meant that I would most likely get to play basketball in college. And so I did, I went to a little Christian college in California and I played basketball my freshman year. And I thought, you know, maybe if I practice hard enough that by the end of my college career, maybe I can be the MVP of my college league. And as the season progressed my freshman year, I realized that that was not going to happen because um, all of a sudden I could not make a basket if my life depended on it. And it was really hard and I didn't feel like I fit in. And, and here I was in the middle of what I thought was my dream coming true. Only everything was falling apart around me. And so at the end of the season, I decided that uh, well, first of all, I had the worst shooting percentage on my whole team. And, and you were you you were good at this. You were known yeah. for this. Yes. Yeah. And um, 
it felt like God was sabotaging my basketball skills. Like it didn't feel like I was doing anything differently. It just felt like all of a sudden I was terrible and it was frustrating. And um, I decided I wasn't going to play again the next year. And then I was faced with this question of who am I if I'm not an athlete anymore? Because that was my identity for so long. I mean, I had the letterman's jacket in high school with all the pins and um, I was the athlete and, and then I wasn't. And, and at that so time, my, can I ask at that time, were you singing at all? Were you like, I like singing. I think I do it kind of on the down low. What? Well, in high school, I was a part of a vocal ensemble that you had to try out for, but I never got very many solos. And so I always enjoyed singing, but I thought, you know, I'm, I'm better at sports. So I guess sports is my thing. Um, and then like I went to college and I signed up to be on a worship team, but it wasn't even really a worship team. I got there and it was just more of like, a Bible study, like there weren't any tryouts. They didn't even actually want to hear me sing. Mm -hmm. um, so it just felt like all of those doors were closing. Um, so it wasn't that I didn't like singing, but it, it, it just felt like um, there wasn't anything special about my voice. I just, I liked it, but sports were, was kind of where I thought I excelled. Yeah. Um, and so then sports was off the table and the following summer I met, I went on a mission trip to Africa through my college and there were five of us who went and the Lord did so many things in my heart and my life on that trip. We were gone for six weeks and it was when I first started to understand what grace means yeah. um, and I was baptized while I was there and I wrote my first song while I was there. With what was some, that song? Uh, it was called The Other Side. It was, um, I wrote it with the two other girls who were on the trip with me. And it was just like a little worship song. And that same friend who I wrote the song with, she taught me how to play guitar. So it was like the beginning of a new dream that God wanted to plant in my heart. And um, it was just like the tiniest seeds, but it was, I really, I loved playing guitar and I loved writing songs to express what was on my heart. And I, I kept being surprised when people would say, oh, I love that song, or that's exactly how I feel. Like, it feels like you just read my journal and, and made it into a song. And, um, so it's so funny to to look back at that time in my life because I felt so broken and so lost. Um, but at the same time, it's exactly what I needed to turn my focus to something else. Like if I had had everything the way that I wanted it to go um, and I would have been awesome at basketball my freshman year, then maybe I still would have gone on that trip and maybe I still would have written that song, but I wouldn't have given songwriting a second thought because I would have been sure for my own plan for my life. And so it wasn't until that dream died that there was room in my heart for something else. It's like when Jesus says, I think in John 12, 24, that unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, like unless a seed dies, it cannot bear fruit. 
So there's this death to something, and it was kind of a death to an identity. But yeah. now, now inside of being a songwriter and a song artist, like how how do you do with that not becoming the identity, especially successful because you have had success? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a challenge, but I love that I'm in it alongside with my husband. Um, yeah. So he plays guitar and he writes all of my songs with me and we're always on stage together and he manages. And so it's very much the, the two of us. And it's been such a gift because we're able to keep each other humble when we need to be humble and keep each other encouraged when we need yeah. to be encouraged. And so we've just been able to grow together. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, um, there have been different challenges along the way. Like one, um, we never expected one of our songs to end up on Christian radio. Yeah, can um, you, let's tell everyone how that happened. I love that story. It's such a, a like moment, a Joseph moment. Like then suddenly I'm in fair, you know, you're just doing your thing unseen. What, ha what happened? Yeah. Well, um, the summer after Dave and I got married, my parents paid for us to go to this Christian music conference in Colorado where they had seminars and then there was also a competition. And while we were there, we got to have a couple of our songs critiqued by this guy who had been in the Christian music industry for decades. And so he listened to one of my songs and he said, okay, so it's clear that you are a songwriter, but I feel like you are at a crossroads. You can either continue on the way that you're going and keep writing songs like this and know that you're never going to have songs on Christian radio. You're never going to have a record deal. Um, and that, you know, and he said, and that's okay. Um, or you can tweak your lyrics a little bit and make them a little bit more straightforward um, and like a little bit less poetic and then um and then have a shot and so Dave and I kind of like mulled over that information and just felt like we needed to write the songs that God put on our hearts to write and not try to like force them to be something yeah. that they that they aren't so uh it was at that time that I kind of like released this idea that we would ever have a song on the radio and, and just kind of like laid that to rest and like, and that's okay. I made peace with it. But then about, I think seven years later, we wrote a song with a friend of ours. Um, and it was during probably one of the hardest times in my life when I was experiencing extreme anxiety and having panic attacks. And so it was out of that, that this song was born about where is God when we're suffering yeah. and why doesn't he answer our prayers the way that we want him to sometimes. And just exploring that idea of like the goodness of God, even when, when our world is falling apart around us. And, um, and it was so interesting because we wrote the song and then I started to get a better handle on my anxiety and panic attacks. And it was just like a, very painfully slow process of like healing and learning to trust. And about a year later, a girl used that song called your hands for her audition on the show. So you think you can dance. 
And that episode was viewed by almost 7 million people. <laughs> and uh, one thing led to another and it ended up on Christian radio. And it was like, the hand of God reaching down and, and putting that song on this station and that station and that station. And all of a sudden it was on the billboard charts and, and it was something that I never expected. It was uh, beautiful. It was, it was, it's my favorite kind of story. I always, when I'm with JJ, I'm like, tell me again. Cause <laughs> one of those stories of that's the, that's God. Like you didn't strive for it. I'm crying. Because I know so many people that you strive and I'm just as guilty of like, if I work harder, if I take the fatigue, the feedback in a way that I alter to please someone else or like that is the pleasing of man and we will will take the goodness of God and idolize what God what man is saying to try and get what we think will be good but you walked away from that what it's just such a good story of like you stayed true to what God was putting on your heart. And I love that it, and, and I was expecting you to go, I was expecting you to say seven months later, no, seven years later. <sighs> so keep that in mind. There's God, right? He's never early. He's never like in a rush, but it was, and seven is a number of completion and getting a grip on your anxiety. And that story, that book, that song, by the way, I encourage you guys go download everything JJ Heller, everything JJ Heller. <laughs> If you have children, part of the Lord has really given you this anointing with, with ears for children and a lullaby and like peace in the home. Like her voice will usher the dove of peace into your home, which is so right. Because the very thing that tries to destroy us, anxiety, there's an anointing on our life to become a freedom path for other people. And so when she sings like that, yeah, there are people in the comments that are like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, the name of the song is Your Hands, so go get that. Um, so you stay true, you're on the radio, and what was that like? Very surreal. Uh, yeah, and very validating, too, um, just to know that I wrote a song that was good enough to be on the radio, um, but I think my favorite part of that story is how God used it in people's lives. Like all of a sudden, all of these stories started to pour in like email messages, Facebook posts, letters in the mail from people telling me that they got into their car, they turned on the radio and my song was playing and maybe they were on their way to a funeral or on their way home from visiting a friend in the hospital, or maybe they had just signed their divorce papers. Um, just all of these stories of people whose hearts were breaking and how God used my song in that moment mm. to remind them of the truth and to bring them hope um, when they felt hopeless. And I love hearing those stories because it makes me think back to that time when I wrote the song and I was praying over and over that God would just immediately take all of my pain away, that I would never have another panic attack again, that it would just be miraculous instantly in my time. And, um, and I can see now how he was able to use my pain, turn it into a song and then use that song in the lives of hundreds of thousands of people, most of whom I've never even met because 
he's just so good at taking our brokenness and turning it into something beautiful. So good. Everyone sit with that for a minute because so many of us are in something really hard that we just wish would just end it. God, you're God. God, you're God. You can make this stop. You could change that person. You could do this or whatever instead of what is the story God's writing in your heart that will be a testimony for others to stay faithful that God will. And because, I mean, not to say that God wouldn't have been faithful to JJ's heart without a song on the radio, but it was, he was being faithful to JJ's heart. And our God is so selfless that he's not just for JJ, he's for JJ and everyone else so that he would move through JJ. So it's like, I just love how he's able to take our one person's pain, but impact masses for freedom and for transformation. It's such a great story. Okay, so now let's fast forward to song on the radio. All right, and I, and I think we've had this conversation here at my house. Remember, we talked in the front room of like, what? The pressure of following up something, like uh, being in, because you were just being true to yourself, writing what you were going to write, a song breaks through, masses of people impacted. Then the follow-up, the, the sophomore album, like you did your freshman, now what's that going to look like? What was that like for you and how, what did you wrestle with? Yeah. Well, so that first song, Your Hands, miraculously ended up on the radio. And then we were invited to do an on-air interview at Caleb at their headquarters. And so um, Scott Smith, one of the DJs, while we were there, he said, so is there another song that you're really excited about that you just want to play? And so we played our song called What Love Really Means um, on the air. And then Scott fell in love with that song. And he was actually choosing the songs for the playlist at that time. And he said, you guys, you have to send me that song. And so we um, we did, and Caleb started to play it. And then Stations All Over started to play it. And that was our second song that was on the radio. And then I thought, you know, people keep saying that it's really hard to get a song on the radio, but really it's just easy. You just <laughs> send them a song and they play it. <laughs> and it kind of gave me this, this false sense um, of yeah just how easy it was and and then about a year later we pitched another song and they're like we really like it but i i don't think we're gonna play it and then another song we really like it but i don't think we're gonna play it and it's just song after song year after year and it just it started to get really discouraging and um and then we pitched a song that we were really excited about it felt a lot like your hands and what love really means and we thought, surely this is the song and still no station <laughs> wanted to play it. And we were feeling really discouraged. And um, and it was really easy to get bitter at that time, too, to turn on Christian radio and to hear the other songs and think like, what, what, why, why isn't my song playing? Like, I don't even like this song. Or I heard the song like 500 times already. Like, why can't they just add one more? Um and just like all of this ugliness started to kind of come up. And um, and so Dave and I met with a friend of ours who's like older and wiser. And he said, um, it sounds like you guys need a different metric for success. Like if radio means success for you, you're going to always be disappointed. And so... Then it started this conversation that Dave and I are still having on a continual basis of, okay, what, what does success look like for our music? And we realized it's, 
it's not radio. I mean, that's great. And like I said, it's very validating and it's really fun, but it's not what matters most. And so we started paying attention to like, how is God using my music? And so success for me is if I keep hearing stories of the Lord using my songs in people's lives to bring them hope and peace and healing, then that is success. Um, and it's not radio and it's not billboard charts and it's not like Spotify spins. Um, and, and it's really easy to, to get off track with that. And like, I have to keep like recalibrating, um, and reminding myself like, okay, like the Lord is the expert on my life and my ministry. And he knows where to put me to be the most effective. And yeah. I just have to make peace with that and let him take the lead. Cause obviously like his plans are different than mine and better. Um, and I never would have gotten on the radio if, if he hadn't like performed a miracle. And so yeah. I, I'm just so much better off when I am able to rest in that knowledge. Did, did the, the technical, when, when some some dancers use it, it, did they contact? Yes. That was play, or did you not know it until it was on the show? They contacted us about a month before the show aired. They had to get, um, they had to license the song, um, and like we had to sign a contract, and they paid us and stuff. But they said it may or may not be on the final edit. I can only confirm it like the day before the show airs. And so we had to wait and we, and we heard from them the day before and they said, um, it's going to be in the show. And we think that you're really going to like the placement. So. Yeah. So and just to be clear, this is what we have to remember. Like, it's so easy for us to start to go, you know, measure things on success. Like I'm not doing, I don't, whatever, whatever that one moment in time was, we try to freeze that or repeat it or replicate it over and over. Right. Like that's just kind of stuck or that's where we're like, what do I need to do to cookie cutter that again? Right. Cause then we're, if that's what people want, that's what I, I can give them. And I'm not saying some people are, are, could be called to that in a sense of a right now, this is the thing, but not only did your song get on the radio, which what are the percentages of that, of all the artists in the world, right? Like of all the people dreaming of getting on the radio, JJ gets on the radio. That's one, two television, like who gets their song played on primetime television for other ears to hear, which I guarantee there will be testimonies of people who heard the gospel for the first time in a song that they liked, downloaded it in their hearing. Who knows the ripple effect that it has gone even far beyond those who have told you how the song has, has blessed them. So that's a, it's a place to at least center your heart when you can, you know, start to think, well, why am I not there now or, or whatever? Like you said, so you mentioned like how it's a day, like, is it a daily job to stay free in your creative process? Or have you felt like it's not as often as it once was? What do you do to stay free? So you're just able to be JJ, the songwriter and artist that you are. For me, it feels kind of seasonal. Like if feel like there'll, there'll be seasons of time where it'll be a struggle for me. Like it'll be that uh, tendency to compare, to, to look at my friends in the music industry and, and say, 
why didn't I get that opportunity? Or why didn't I get that award? Or like, why don't I get to be on that tour or be on the radio? Um, but it's such a losing, like, nobody wins in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like I'm finally learning to be at peace with the person that God has created me to be and to be at peace with the place that God has put me in. And I, I was invited to a birthday party last week. A friend of mine turned 29 and she just invited a small group of ladies over. And, um, and she said, okay, this is the first birthday I've ever had where I'm a little freaked out because I'm on the precipice of my thirties. And, uh, and I just, I don't know what to expect. And she said, for those of you who are 30 and older, like, what are your words of encouragement? And it was so fun to just hear, like, around the room, all of these older ladies, including myself, uh, <laughs> just talk about I'm ancient. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm So I'm in my late 30s now. And I was just telling her, oh, man, 30s is like my favorite decade. Because I finally, like, I feel like I'm finally settling into my own skin and I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm not trying to live anybody else's story. And that's been a huge one for me to, when I notice myself starting to compare or envy somebody else to just say, that's her story. That's not my story. Um, and, and let go of that. Um, and I've also realized that I'm in a place now where I I feel like I have things to to offer to people whereas for the longest time I just felt like I'm the underdog and like why doesn't why don't I get more opportunities and just like try like somebody like retweet my tweet or like I wish somebody would do this thing for me um and it just hit me like uh last year I think um Okay, I am I'm established in my career. I've been playing music full time for 15 years. Um, and I'm so blessed, like living the dream, like to be able to make a career out of creating music and people relate to it and God is using it. And it's just so incredible. And I feel like God was kind of tapping me on the shoulder and saying, like, okay, now now what can you give away? And, and so it's been kind of this shift in my vision where now I'm starting to look around me and see who, who can I encourage and like, who can I help? Um, and, and it's been so cool. Like I started this, um, I, I made this Spotify playlist of like, it's called Christian music you've never heard. Yeah. And I find all of these artists that a lot of people don't know about. And a lot of them are like friends I'm meeting where I fall in love with their music, but nobody's heard of them before. So I'm just like, here, like, I mean, I, I don't have the, the biggest sphere of influence in the world, but I do have something. Yes. And um, I would love to use it to like, spread joy to the kingdom, you know, and, um, and let people know that there's other good music out there. And, and I've started to kind of look for other like aspiring artists and have coffee with them and encourage them. And it's just, it's so much better than like sitting there feeling left out, you know, on that's such, that's good. Um, that's a good, like 
recourse, or I call it like a Jedi move or Kung Fu for the kingdom. Like instead of becoming the victim of it, you're like, no, I can actually create an impact. I can turn yeah. this thing on its head in some way and contribute to gain for people and good for the earth. What about, okay, so name that again, you guys, anyone, Revelation Wellness Instructors, we're always looking for good music. It's called Christian Artists You've Never Heard. Christian Music You've Never Heard. Christian Music You've Never Heard on Spotify. And you can find JJ Spotify there as well. There's some albums, of course, and all that good stuff. Okay, two questions before we wrap it. One question, this is probably for me. What do you do when you have writer's block? Do you get writer's block? I do. And where, okay, where does it come from? Do you know like when it happens to you and then what do you do? Well, the first thing that I do to kind of like uh, be like preemptively avoided <laughs> is to, I keep a running list of ideas on my phone. So just if anything hits me, whether it's um, like if somebody says a word that I love or a phrase or I hear a poem and uh, or a sermon, I just keep like a running list uh, so that when it's time to sit down and write a song, I just already have a well of things to draw from. Yeah. Um, another thing that I've done recently is um, I've been writing with a lot of other people. Um, Cause for a long time I felt like uh, I was giving something away if I allowed somebody else into the writing process. Like yeah. I wanted ownership. I wanted to say, no, I wrote that whole song. That's yeah. so it's like I mean because okay, yeah yeah because you want to say I did that but no one cares I mean <laughs> like, if, if it's serving the kingdom you know then like that's the main goal and it there's just I, I guess the theme here is like a lot of dying to myself of um just trying to hold things loosely knowing that like God's plans are so much better than my own. And I'm so much happier and more at peace when I live that way anyway. Um, so keeping a running list, um, writing with other people, and then also doing things that fill my soul as well. Like trying to be aware of, okay, when am I overscheduling my time um, and how can I change that? And what can I do to kind of feed my soul? And, um, for me, that's like taking an extra, like 10 or 15 minutes in the morning yeah. before I see any other family members to just like be quiet and write in my prayer journal or read my Bible. Or there's this app that I really love called pray as you go. Ah. And, um, there's like a daily scripture reading and prayer and it's a, it's a free app. Um, Love that. And it lasts about 15 minutes and there's normally a little bit of music in the beginning. And then there's a voice with it normally it's normally somebody with like a British accent or like a, a Scottish accent, which makes things fun. Um, <laughs> it's then, always more magical. I know it is. And then they'll read a scripture and um ask a question kind of pertaining to it like uh if it's a scripture about jesus calming the storm they'll ask you like um is there a storm that that jesus is calming in your life today or you know it's just like yeah, reflection 
yeah. And then they'll read the scripture again. And it's just like, it's so soothing and it helps me really gain perspective um, on what's important. And it like quiets my heart and gets me ready to, to face the day and my children and um, all of their crazy energy. It sounds a little bit like revving the word, but not with an up-tempo beat. <laughs> right. Yes. But the, I mean, do you need both? Like Yes, totally. And by the way, so you all know, JJ is a RevWell TV user. I am. I love it. Every once in a while, I get a little sweaty selfie from JJ as she's <laughs> moving around. So it's so good. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. And what does, how does wellness affect your creative process? Yes very much. Um, I know that sleep is so important. Um, and if I'm feeling run down, then it's really hard to be creative because I feel like, um, most of the time, like create creativity, like comes from the overflow. Yes. Um, and it's hard to be creative when you're just surviving um and so yeah that's 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 a really good question Elisa I I don't know that I've like specifically thought about how um kind of taking care of my body informs the the songs and the music that I write but they are definitely linked yeah well we're praying for you I always tell all of our instructors like Pray for the worship artists. Now, I think we're all kind of, I tell our instructors, we're worship artists. Like we, we're, our worship is in movement of the body and sound movement and getting people back, you know, with, with in touch with their body is an active form of worship. But the, you guys support the background music, the music, the temp, like what we use. I'm like, pray for our worship artists to have those downloads from heaven, to inspire in a world where it's hard. Some, I mean, I always say, good music like terrible lyrics right like there's some good music out there the temple and that all belongs to the lord i want to say music is his idea like the whole thing of it and i can love a good a good sound a good hook a good beat but then when i'm like oh they're going to the club again and drinking i'm like yeah. <laughs> I'm really interested in the club i've had a time in my life but it turns out that did not feed my feed my soul so Anyways, we're praying for you. So many of us are praying. So many. We're so grateful. So August 24th and 25th, you guys come. She's going to be on Friday night doing a about a 45-minute session, live set, her and Dave singing live. Like, And their shows are very, you feel like you're getting to know two really good friends. They become friends of yours. They. She uses a lot of story and testimony. It's, it's not just a sit down and listen to my song. It's she tells you context and textures to song and you just feel it's a good way on Friday to relax, get in touch with the, the simplicity of the gospel and just be blessed. So join us. You can get tickets at revelationwellness.org slash events for uh, the Franklin, Tennessee on August 24th and 25th. Are you excited for that, JJ? Yes, I'm so excited. I'm just such a fan of you alisa and the what you're building and i think um it's so 
it's so brave and it's something that hasn't really been done before, but obviously there's a need for it because it feels like it's just exploding. And um, I'll just be over here in Tennessee cheering for you because I'm just so proud of you. And I think it's such important work that that we need in the kingdom to, to link our spiritual wellness with our physical wellness. They're not two separate things. Um, it's, it's all a part of living a, a whole life. Um, so keep up the good work. Thank you, friend. Okay, now, I don't know, you might kill me, but can I, you can say no. <laughs> but I went and saw this, uh, the Mr. Rogers movie. I know I want I want you so bad you have to go and take tissue you're gonna cry but I saw you did a little JJ or you did a little like his song mm -hmm. of want you be my neighbor would you sing a little <laughs> <laughs> sure it'll just be acapella okay because um do you know I I'm getting ready to release a second lullaby project yes and that's what we want you guys to know about and is it still are you still funding or did you, i saw you made your goal What's that's going? wrapped up yes um so we uh we did a kickstarter for it which was amazing um and um the album will be coming out in november november it's her second lullaby and i mentioned you guys your children like start playing it now like playing her first the lullaby album what's the name of the first one called I Dream of You. Yes, I Dream of You. You guys, at jjheller.com, you can see all of her albums. I think there's like 10 albums now that you have put, put out, right, since 2006. Yeah. It's amazing. And um, But the the lullaby one, I'm like, where was this when I when I had kids? Like, <laughs> <laughs> another one coming out in November. Mm -hmm. And the, the new one is mostly cover songs. So like the Mr. Rogers one, it's such a good feeling. And here comes the sun and bridge over troubled water and Edelweiss and Moon River, like all of like some of the best songs ever written, best. Um, but done in kind of a lullaby way. Okay, sing, sing. Okay, I will leave you with Mr. Rogers. Yes. Such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling. It's growing inside. And when you wake up ready to say, I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling, a feeling you know that I'll be back when the day is new and I'll have more ideas for you. And you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will do Oh, I'm crying. It's so funny. <laughs> you can sing tomorrow when you go and watch the movie. You're like, no wonder she wanted me to sing this song. It's just so, so heartwarming. So good. A house of loving kindness. That is what you are bringing people. Like loving kindness in your home and in the hearts of our home. Or the home of our hearts. So thank you.